Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Claire Blackwelder. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, she's been in For the Record Brat Pack on both land and sea. She's also been a swing and at the musical at Rockwell. She loves Shakespeare and you might have seen her on TV on a little show called Power Rangers as the Purple Power Ranger. Please welcome Claire Blackwelder. Thanks for coming on this with me and yeah. talking to me about theater and stuff. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Of course. I just, I wanted to find something where I could talk about theater with people who missed it like I did and bring it back and just keep it in the conversation. I love it. I'm, I'm so happy to be doing this. I'm so happy. It's been, it's been great to watch everybody's interviews. It's, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. So the first question, if I'm not first, <laughs> um, have you always known you wanted to be an actress? Yes, I have. And I feel like that answer is always kind of a cop out. Um, but it's not. I mean, uh, I was very lucky. And um, when I was a little kid, my mom acted. Um, and so she was in this like one woman show called Zelda when I was very young about F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Um, and I watched it and it was absolutely terrifying, but really inspiring. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. And she used to like come into my school for career day when I was a little kid. And you know, teach us all about Shakespeare and do workshops and stuff. Um, so I always sort of looked up to her and she got her master's in classical acting when I was nine years old. So I was like, that's the coolest chick there is. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of knew even, even before it was an option in schools. Like I, I was um, putting on plays with my two sisters and like, you know, we had guests over and we would yes. just, I would like, write up some weird little script and be like, let's do it. So, <laughs> you know. Yes. Short answer is yes. <laughs> Normal childhood activity. I, yeah. I feel like yeah. my parents have tapes of like their kids doing weird things and like acting out like stuff. Sure. Acting out movies as a child. You got it. All over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so was somewhere around that kind of the first time that you realized that you loved performing and acting and that you saw yourself going into it as a career when you're, when you were older or you know I can't I can't recall like the exact moment in my childhood when I was like this is gonna be my career I think I just kind of always knew and um again was very lucky that I had a supportive family that that encouraged me to pursue that um but I do remember in high school when it came time to try to decide to, you know if I was going to be applying to conservatories for college or or if I was going to go somewhere else or if I was going to major in something and pursue theater later or, you know whatever um my parents sat me down and they were like, listen, if you're going to do it, you got to just do it. You got to yeah. go all out. Like you can't half-ass it. It's got to be your pursuit and nothing else. And I was like, man, that's pretty rad. So, <laughs> um, you know, I had toyed with the idea of, of having a more uh, major. And I, I think that could have been useful in a lot of ways, but um, I definitely don't regret majoring in theater. And I, I got a lot of, um, you know, interesting experience at college anyway and took a lot of classes that were non-theater related as well so um yeah I think I was just kind of new and was lucky enough to be supported by my parents so how was your because you went to school at USC yeah yes for yeah. theater I saw that on your uh how was that it was good um there are aspects of the theater program that I would change and I think maybe have changed since I was there 
Um, and I, I think that one of the biggest drawbacks of USC is that there isn't a great facility for theater. Like, you know, a lot of conservatory programs will have a lot of different theaters you can use. There's plenty of space, there's rehearsal space, whatever. We didn't really have that. We have like a massive um, film building and yeah. multiple sound stages and, you know, a really well-funded department in that regard. You know, obviously it's like freaking George Lucas, but um, we didn't really have a lot of space in um, the UC theater department. So often we were rehearsing in uh, rooms in this building called PED, which was like this ancient physical education building. <laughs> so it's like these crusty old rooms we like maybe could rent out for rehearsal space sometimes, but it wasn't always guaranteed. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest drawback is just the lack of space. But um, I, I think that the biggest takeaway, uh, biggest positive takeaway that I have from it is just the connections that I made and the people that I met um, because they've all, not all obviously, but a bunch of them have gone on to do some pretty remarkable things and um, they're all just very smart and inquisitive people and I am grateful to have met them for sure. Uh, did you participate in, because one of my friends is involved with USC theater too mm -hmm. and it's like but it's like a different branch of USC theater I mm. think it's like MC, it's like MC or something like that uh oh yes MTR musical theater MTR MTR yeah yeah. yeah 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 I did one show with them um they had like a whole branch there was uh at my time there there was also like a a smaller branch that was an independent musical production called Cardinal Theater Productions so I did one with MTR and I did one with Cardinal Theater and then I did like a regular main stage USC it just kind of like picking from all different baskets but yeah yeah MTR was great they had like a huge presence and it was really cool because it was all student run so um you know they could do whatever the hell they wanted it's great did you have a favorite role you got to play in a show while you were at USC oh that's so hard um at USC probably uh I, I did this musical called Grand Hotel the musical um and it's not super well known but it's like set in 1928 Berlin um and it was just unlike anything I thought that I'd do up to that point because I, I had kind of like rejected traditional musical theater and like oh I don't have that kind of voice whatever like you know I've, I've done a lot of rock singing and, and you know stuff like that it's a little more like I don't know not your traditional musical theater voice, I guess. So I never thought that I would do a role like that. And I ended up playing Flemschen, this, uh, like, uh, typewritist, whatever the word is. What is the word for that? Um, I can't remember now. So, a secretary, I guess. Typographer, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, but she's this, like, little sassy girl who wants to go to Hollywood. And she's got this, like, finger wave bob. And she has a whole, she, like, wears white gloves and has this whole song where she, like, gets lifted up in front of a kick line it's like it was so fun like it just was unlike anything i'd ever expected and it was just the best and um also probably the hardest role i i played at usc because it was the furthest from who i am um and from anything i had done in the past uh and i'm not like primarily a dancer and i had to do a lot of dancing in that role and um it just really taught me to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and um step outside of my little box and and you know just try stuff and accept the fact that I'm gonna fail the first time but know that I have to work hard if I want to do a good job so it was it was a great experience and I got to work with John Rubenstein which was amazing he was my director for that oh yeah and you also I saw you also have piano training 
Yes, I do. Multiple piano, that's awesome. So how, uh, when did you start playing piano? And do you, have you ever like intertwined that into musical theater acting? Yeah, so uh, I started playing when I was very young. Um, my, again, my mom, common theme here, but um, <laughs> I heard my mom um, playing this piece that I really liked. And so I sat down and like, tried to teach myself the right hand by ear and then like begged her for lessons and she was like all right fine so I started playing when I was like six I would say um and took classical piano lessons all through high school um and then did music in college a little bit you know besides musical theater I did it I was in an acapella group so um that was that came in handy for sure to know piano uh and I didn't practice as much as I would have liked um in college and right after college but uh there have been a couple times, like, uh, in an episode of a TV show where I played piano one time, or, um, you know, uh, on stage, not so much. I mean, it'd be a dream to play Natalie in Next to Normal, because, like, oh. you know, that, that one piece where she, you know, the song about Mozart, um, everything else, it's a great, great song, and I love it, uh, but I haven't played piano, like, on stage in a musical, I don't think, which um, would be really cool to do, but have yet to do it. I was also thinking, I don't know if they actually play piano in the show, but in Beautiful. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mom, <laughs> again, sends me articles about that show all the time, and she's like, it's your role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> hey, I'm, I totally agree with her right now. <laughs> <laughs> Manifest it, right? Yes. I second, <laughs> I second that. And speaking of TV, you got involved in a popular show. I did. And how did you show? Uh, how did you get involved in that? How that was, was kind of a wild ride, actually. So that that musical that I was talking about that was set in Berlin in 1928, uh, an agent came to that when I was at USC and asked for a meeting. Um, so I signed with him. He sent me out on, like, I think Power Rangers was my second audition or something. And I remember calling my mom again, crying on the phone before going into the audition and being like, I get it. I can't do this. I'm not, like, I'm, they say I have to look like a superhero. I'm not a superhero. And she was like, well, you're not going to get the job anyway. So just go in and have fun. I was like, all right. So I auditioned for it and then got a call back. And I was like, what? Like, I was strange in this audition too. Like, I, it was, I was very odd. Did, did some very odd things. Like, it, it was, you know, a fun time, But I was like shocked that they called me back. I straight up, they asked me to do some kicks. And I went, any old kicks? <laughs> They were like, yeah, yes. <laughs> so, you know, my, my agent called me and he was like, hey, they want to see you for a callback. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> Claire Blackwater, they said those were. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was um, honestly just like traditional going in for an audition, getting a callback, and then getting a call months later, like, congratulations, pack up your stuff, you're moving to New Zealand. I was like, what? Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, the first professional job I ever had, actually, um, out of college. So that was um, a wild ride, for sure. So what was the whole series filmed in New Zealand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. So you got yeah. to live there for how long? Nine months. Yeah. What we a dream. Four episodes in nine months. It was a wild ride. But um, it was cool. I mean, I, I love New Zealand. I want to go back really badly because, um, you know, I was working. I didn't get to yeah explore that much I did as much as I could and what I did see was gorgeous but I would love to go back and actually 
get a chance to like breathe while I'm there. So yes, it looks like a beautiful place. It is. It's gorgeous. So what was your? Where were you? And what was your reaction when you got the call that you booked the role? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so actually, oh boy, um, I was in London. Um, I had gone after my junior year of college, which is when I did that musical. Um, I had gone to Europe to study Shakespeare for the summer at Oxford. So I, it was like the day before I started that program. I had been traveling with my older sister for like a couple weeks beforehand. Um, and it was our last day of our trip. And I'm in the, the tube, as they say. <laughs> and I'm like, I get off the train and I get this email from my agent that was like, I don't know where you are in the world right now, but you have to call me immediately. And I was like, okay. So I call him and he, <laughs> he was such a little, oh my God. He was like, hey, where are you? It was like, London, what's going on? He's like, oh my God, I love London. Where in London? I was like, Trafalgar Square, what's going on? <laughs> or Kings Cross Station rather. Like conversation. Yeah, I was like, I'm in Kings Cross Station, just tell me. And he was like, okay, so I just wanted to give you a call and let you know that you are, in fact, the purple power ranger. <laughs> like, dropped my phone, collapsed to the ground, started freaking out. I was with my sister, she started jumping up and down, and you know, it was like losing my mind. Um, and he's like, that's the good news. The bad news is you can't tell anyone. And I was like, okay, well, my sister knows, but besides that, you know. Um, so yeah, I had to like pack all my stuff. I finished my last credit for school. I ended up like graduating a year early, finished my last class online while I was filming. Um, and I like spent the entire, what would have been my senior year in New Zealand. And I found out like the day before studying Shakespeare for a month. And I was like, well, this is the opposite of what I'm going to be doing for the next yeah. year. <laughs> like Shakespeare, then like kids show. I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, but it was great. I mean, I couldn't tell anyone the entire time I was studying, but it was my fun little secret that I had. Um, yeah. And for those who might not know, can you give like a synopsis of what the show was about? Oh, yeah. So, so I was on um, seasons 22 and 23 of Power Rangers Dino Charge. Um, it is the same exact Power Rangers that you watched as a kid. It's been around for so many years. Um, fun fact, actually, the first episode of Power Rangers ever aired four days after I was, or two days after I was born, I think. Um, so I'm like exactly oh, wow. as old as uh, So yeah, it's like, it's nearly 27 years old now. So that's nuts uh but yeah it was it's you know about like these average teens who acquire superpowers and they can morph into these uh superheroes and they have zords that they can bond to that help fight these alien monsters and stuff so i played the scientist i like ran the museum um which was hilarious because i was 21 years old when i filmed playing a 26 year old and all my castmates were like 27 playing 18 i was like all right this makes no sense but we're rolling with it <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the show. It's, um, you can find it on Netflix. It's hilarious to watch. <laughs> that's awesome. I, yeah, I read a whole bunch of stuff about that when I was, when I was, uh, researching what, like, your resume. I was like, wow, that's amazing that she did that. <laughs> Thank you. It was, it was crazy. I still honestly can't believe that I did it some days, you know, it's like five years ago now. I'm like, holy moly. Yeah, what an experience that. Yeah. And then, how did you get back involved with the theater scene after that? Because then you did, uh, when did you do FTR Brat Pack on the, on scene? I did that about, I started rehearsing for that like two and a half years after I got back from New Zealand. 
so it was a while between my um between Power Rangers and the first like LA theater gig I did um but yeah I mean to be honest like we all know that acting uh your career ebbs and flows and you know some some years you have good years some years you don't book anything um and I had a pretty big lull honestly I uh after Power Rangers I there were several months where I wasn't on stage or on screen for a while I did a Lifetime movie at the end of that year and like that was cool for a second but then pretty much all through 2016 was just like totally dry um and I just was bartending and doing my best uh and I hadn't actively been pursuing theater really um throughout that whole time and then in 2017, I was like, God, I, m- I miss it so much. And one of the beautiful things about theater is it, it feels like something that you can um, pursue yourself a lot easier than film and TV. Plus, it's my first love. I, you know, I prefer it to film and TV. Uh, I mean, it doesn't pay as well, but um, yeah. but it's just it just feels better for my soul. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I kind of decided to go after it, see what would happen. Um, you know, showed up at, at open calls and started just trying my best and ended up booking, um, Rat Pack for the cruise ship, uh, in 2017. So that was, that was great. Um, and it felt really, really good to, you know, get back on the stage and and be flexing that muscle rather than like making everything very small for a screen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And had you heard of For the Record before then? Yes. So, uh, actually very funny when I was, um, in college, the summer after my sophomore year, I stayed home, um, or I stayed in LA rather than going home. Um, and Payson Lewis was in my acapella group in college, but he was like a a few years before my time. So he sent out this email to, um, our whole acapella group being like, there's this great new show. And it was like one of their very first shows. I think it was 2012. Um, and he's like, there's this great show that's happening at, at Rockwell Table and Stage. You guys should come check it out. And uh, one of the other alumni was like, yeah, I'll go. Does anyone want to come with me? And I was like, I'm just kind of sitting around. I don't have a car. <laughs> I'm 19 years old. Like, I'll go. Um, so I went with my friend to see Payson in the show. And I remember just sitting there being like, oh. I was in awe. And I was like, God, I want to do that one day. Like, wouldn't that be so cool? And then five years later, I saw a casting call for it and I was like, maybe I should try. Just like see if I could do it, you know, just like kind of show yeah. up, and, like test it out. And by that point I had had several other friends who, who did the show. I mean, uh, my friend Miles Nezzy went on the ship and then did Baz in Vegas. My friend Lauren Scott was on the ship right before me. Um, just, you know, at, at that point I had just met so many people that were in that world and um, was always too scared to, to pursue it myself. Because, uh, you know, I hadn't done theater since yeah. college. Um, you know, it had been a few years since I'd been on a stage. But I was like, I think I gotta, I think I gotta just try it. <laughs> You're like, I think I can do it. Yeah, I was like, fingers crossed that I can anyway. So, um, very, very happy that I made that choice to go to the audition. Um, very, very happy. Uh, and then it was just like the icing on, on the cake after getting the job, being able to talk to them about all my friends, being like, hey, you guys know this person, this person? And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> So that was, that was a lot of fun. And it's such a special kind of show. Like, it's different yeah. than other theater shows you see. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very unique. Um, they really figured out their, their whole uh, brand there, if you will. Yes. <laughs> so what was the experience like living on sea and performing on sea? How long were you on the cruise? 
I was there for seven months um, and pieces of it were wonderful and a large part of it was very, very challenging. Um, so, I mean, many, many, many performers will go on cruise ships because you get to save money. You know, you're not paying yeah. them the board and that part is awesome. Um, so it's a really good opportunity to be saving money while doing what you love. Um, and, you know, lucky for me, the show that I was doing was amazing. I loved, loved the show, loved my cast. Um, I got really, really lucky with my cast. I know a lot of people who have to do shows on ships with the same people for several months go nuts, but I got so lucky and they're just friends for life. Um, so those two things were great. And then having the time to, to work on stuff, you know, when you're in LA and, and you're, you chasing after something, you often have to work a lot of jobs you, you maybe don't like. Um, yeah. and it just leaves you with a lot less time to do what you love. So, you know, when I was on the ship, I didn't have to bartend and I love bartending, but it's, it's a lot of hours and, uh, late hours. I don't do it anymore because I couldn't handle how late it was. Um, and it's exhausting, it's draining, but, uh, on the ship, I didn't have to do that. Um, I got to do the show and then I could play piano in my spare time on this beautiful grand piano in one of the rooms on the ship. Um, I could read a ton. I could write, you know, I was like writing a play with one of my castmates and, you know, we had open mics every other week in the, in the, um, one of the theaters there that were like just for crew. So, yeah. you know, we'd, we'd have like housekeepers from, from like from the housekeeping department that would like play guitar on stage, you know, it was so fun. Um, just the sense of community was really lovely. Uh, so that part was fantastic. Um, and being able to just practice a lot and, and feel like I was working on performing the whole time was so cool. Um, the hard part is that you're technically a crew member. So um, there's a, a strange hierarchy. There are a lot of rules um, and there's a lot of stuff that they don't really tell you about beforehand, you know, like, um, having, I mean, they, they tell you, but you don't really know how serious it is until it actually happens. Like you have to wear a name tag at all times. You have to be dressed very nice every time you're in a guest area. Um, okay. I had a guest like spill a tray of food on me in a buffet by accident, turn around to apologize and then see my name tag and be like, oh. <laughs> so, you just sort of, you're treated a little differently, um, which is fine. You just kind of have to swallow your pride and be like, it's cool. Like it is what it is. It's just like seven months of like, understanding that like that's just who I am for right now um and you know all things considered like the way that they treat performers on the cruise ships are a lot it's I mean you're very fortunate in comparison to a lot of other crew members because I mean I could write a whole expose about the cruise industry but uh suffice it to say it's it's you're lucky if you're entertaining on, on a ship um and uh you know being away from people for a long time is hard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, can't call people that often. It's like maybe once a week. Um, not sleeping on land for seven months is very strange. Um, a lot of the cabins are like the size of sardine cans um, with no windows. So you're sort of like, you feel kind of trapped. Um, but you know, it's, if you can figure out how to, I don't want to say do it right, but if you figure out how to live within those circumstances and adjust to your environment then it's a really great opportunity and um i wouldn't take it back and do you have a favorite place you all stopped yeah yeah i do um our itinerary changed actually um halfway through or not oh. like five months into it so we we started going out of miami and going to the caribbean and in that itinerary i think cosmo is probably my favorite place it's like a little tiny 
place in Mexico. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, but after five months, our itinerary changed and we sailed from New York to Bermuda. And Bermuda was beautiful. Um, and it's a lot safer. Um, and there, it's just like, it's a small island. Um, and the water is so clear. And, you know, there's like, my castmate Luke and I made it a point, like every time we docked to do something interesting. So we would, you know, rent like a little Vespa and go all around the island or, or we found this, this random trail that was created out of an old uh, railroad track that is no longer functioning, but the trail goes right along the railroad track. So we went on a really long run down that one day. There are all these old ruins. There's just a lot of history that you don't really expect from like a remote island. Um, but it was, it was gorgeous and uh, people are really nice. Um, yeah, this, that was probably my favorite. So it was something you like had to look forward to when, uh, whenever you went there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that place. I would go back. That's amazing. And when you got back to, to uh, land, how long was it before uh, Brat Pack was a thing in LA again? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, hadn't thought about the exact time. I got back like June of 2018. Yeah. And then I got the call from Anderson, I think in March 2019 being like, hey, we're bringing it back. Do you want to be a part of it? I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. Where do I go? Um, yeah. So it was like almost a year. Uh, wow. But I mean, I was, I was happy to be doing it again. And do you have a favorite song and scene that you got to perform as the princess? Yeah, totally. I mean, We Are Not Alone is like always like, yeah, killer. It's my favorite one. I get to like belt my face off and act like a rock star. It's like, there's no better thing. <laughs> yes. I love those. I love all the princess songs so much. Yeah. They're just amazing. And the show never gets old. That's why I was there like a thousand times. <laughs> I mean, how many times was I there? Yeah. <laughs> Even when I wasn't on stage, I was there. I was, like, in the back of the house, just, like, right Yeah, there. just, like, jamming. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then, uh, recently, it kind of full circle, you got involved with uh, Rockwell at yes. wearing it. So how did that How did that come up? Um, I had auditioned for Rockwell a few times, and, uh, you know, obviously, they're very competitive, and they were always, like, not this time, but come back, not this time, but come back, and... Um, the last time that I auditioned, I ended up getting a role. So yeah, I, I just auditioned for It, the musical parody. And um, it was a fantastic experience. I was a female swing. And um, that was easily one of the most challenging experiences of my entire life. Um, and just so rewarding. And, and what better cast to do it with yeah. also. I mean, obviously there are a lot of strong personalities in the entertainment world. And there are a lot of strong personalities in this cast also, but in the best possible way, like none of those catty, like, oh, you're out to get my role kind of stuff. Like none of that existed in this, like every single girls, every single girl that I was covering was just like there by my side in a heartbeat. Like, what can I do to help you? Do you want to meet up after rehearsal to go over the dance steps? Like how, what can I do to make this easier for you? Like just, I mean, I can't even explain how, how supportive they all were. How supportive everyone was, really. Like the choreographer meeting me before the show to to review stuff when I found out that I was going to have to go on. You know, just it was it was amazing and such such a thrill. So, and for those who don't know, can you talk a little bit about like what a swing is and yeah. what you have to do as a swing? Totally. Yeah. So the swing. Um, traditionally covers several roles. So it's like an understudy, but instead of being assigned to like one role specifically or 
uh, yeah, whatever. It's, um, you basically have to just be ready to jump in for a variety of tracks. So I covered three different roles. Um, and so it means like, you know, they're in the same songs together. So it means you have to know every single vo voice part. You have to know every single different track, like in every dance, you know, this person does this dance with that time, but oh, this person does that one. So you just, your brain has to be working on like several different <laughs> levels um, at the same time. Uh, you gotta be able to fit into a bunch of different costumes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And in some shows, like on, on big, big productions, a swing might be in the ensemble um, and then jump in for a, a primary role when the opportunity arises. But at Rockwell, you know, there's really an ensemble. So it's kind of just like you're waiting in the wings primary role. to just hop in whenever. Um, so yeah. Uh, how do you separate when you like go up? How do you separate the tracks in your head when you're learning them? Um, so you're ready to go on as different parts. A few different ways. I mean, a, a, one big help was I just had three different highlighters. And in rehearsal, I'm sitting down, I'm highlighting everything in three different colors. I'm writing things down in three different colors. I, like, you know, any given day, I would like focus on one person rather than all of them. So, um, so for example, like on, on Tuesday of, of one rehearsal week, I was like, I'm gonna watch Lana all day and I'm gonna know exactly what she's doing and where she's going. And the next day it's like, okay, Gwen. And then Janae, just like, yeah, one specific person for each day. Um, which was very helpful, but also since Rockwell rehearses so quickly um, and they put shows up instantly, things were changing all the time. So maybe I was watching Jenea one day and I, I feel like I got it all down, but then like three days later, they've changed everything that I learned <laughs> that day. So I'm like, wait, what? Uh, but, but, you know, aside from the specific focus during rehearsal, I also went to the show as often as I possibly could just to observe and, you know, I'd be like standing in the back by the light booth, like, doing dance moves, like very, very, like small dance moves. Like, the audience members are going, wow, she knows the choreography. <laughs> super fan over here. <laughs> super fan. <laughs> and with a show like it at Rockwell, uh, it's different than For the Record because there's improv involved and comedy involved. Yeah. There's so, a little bit of that in FTR, but not not nearly. Yeah, just Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, not not nearly as much. So, uh, how how quickly did you pick up on like doing improv and uh, comedy for that show? Um, I mean, I I've always loved improv. It, like, I hadn't done it since college, probably. But um, I mean, I feel like in order to be an actor, there's a certain level of improv that you just like you gotta have um, because if if you're not, even if you're doing a scripted series, if you can't think on your feet, then, you know, that's not acting, that's just memorizing lines. Um, so I think that, you know, being able to like be in the moment and respond to what's given to you is just a muscle that you should be flexing always. So Rockwell is a really great boot camp in that way, um, you know, just to make sure that you still have that capability. Um, so I would like to think that I picked up on it easily, easily if I think that I'm any, kind of a good actor but that's I guess for the audience to say <laughs> and I feel like improv also takes like a lot of like believing in yourself and like not doubting yourself totally and and self-confidence so to speak so Certainly. how do you work on that so you're not like I don't know judging yourself when you would yeah. do improv yeah I mean it's difficult obviously you know especially since when I was a swing I had I had a million other things going on in my brain so 
I wasn't really super confident. Like at every, any moment I was like, is that, was that right? Did I do that right? Am I do so, so when it came time to improv, it was almost like a release. Cause I was like, this isn't even supposed to be right. This is not like, yeah. supposed to be accurate. I'm just going to like say something and hope for the best or, you know, whatever. Um, but as far as the confidence goes, huh, I mean, I think that you can't have confidence on stage until you have confidence in your, in yourself in real life. And that's regardless of your pursuits or what you want to do. It doesn't matter if you're a performer or like a, you know, a hairdresser or yeah. a scientist, it does not matter. You, you have to find out how to have confidence in yourself. And it's, of course it's easier said than done. Um, but you know, like journal about how much of a badass you are on a regular basis, you know, like that helps a lot. Surround yourself with people who love you and appreciate you and lift you up. If you sense that there's someone in your life who is toxic, cut them right out. <laughs> um, you know, uh, learn how to say no to things, know your worth, um, all the stuff that you'll read on like any inspirational board ever. It sounds kind of tacky, but I think that developing confidence on stage comes from developing confidence in yourself. And that's a, that's a like everyday challenge for everyone. I feel like, especially in this oh, world God. that we're living in. Uh, seriously. I mean, God, I struggle with that all the time. Are you kidding? It's, it's, it's impossible. It seems like, but I do think that we're entering um, a movement these days that's more uh, acceptive of, accept, acceptive, that's a, not a word at all, accepting, Accept. Acceptive there we go. Accepting of, of different kinds of people, you know, different shapes, sizes, colors, pursuits, um, which I think is awesome. Um, but it, you know, doesn't make it any less challenging. Yes. And uh, is there a way that you work on like not comparing yourself to others? Cause that also goes along with self-confidence. Yeah. I mean, sure. st I still struggle with it for sure. Um, but you know, it's funny. I was just talking about this with my sister. Um, I've, I've done this thing for years where I'm like, Oh, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm not like, not really good at any one thing. And you know, kind of, it's kind of a shame that like, I just kind of fiddle with all these different things, but I'm not really great at anything. Um, and she was like, okay, don't do that. Yeah. You know? Because um, <laughs> you can compare yourself all you want. You can be like, oh, well, I'm kind of good at this, but not as good as that person. I'm kind of good at this, but not as good as that person. But what you have and what makes up you, you is so unique and so individual. And there's, there's nobody else like you. That's just a fact. There's no one else like you. Um, so like writing a list of like all the things that you love, even like, don't even have to be good at them, but just like things you love like that that makes you you and unique and wonderful and things you're passionate about like if you're passionate about something it, it makes you exciting when you do it you know yeah. um, and if you know I, I i think back to this time in high school when i auditioned for the musical sophomore year and i was so i was so caught up in comparing myself to everyone else who was in the waiting room and um thinking that it wasn't gonna be good enough and, and just being absolutely terrified and you know what if I mess up or whatever and I didn't get the part because my director told me afterwards he was like look you walked into the room and it seemed like you didn't want to be there and like a little bit of tough love but like if if you're too caught up comparing yourself it shows and um you have to just really 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 lean into the passion you have for it and and the love and like you know like it's far more important to focus on why you want to do it than why you aren't good enough to do it. Um, yeah. 
and I, I promise if you love it enough, you should be doing it. <laughs> yes. And you mentioned earlier that theater is definitely more of your passion than TV film. Mm-hmm. But you like both. But, like both. Yeah, but. but what do you think makes theater so special as opposed to TV and film? So many things, so many things. Um, I mean, first and foremost, it's, it's just alive. Like there's just nothing like both in the rehearsal process and in performance. Like it's just like, there's a heartbeat. Um, and you just like, you feel connected to everyone on stage and everyone in the audience. Like, it's just like, it's vibrating. There's this electricity um, that I think you can't really find anywhere else, but in live performance, which is so special. Um, and that goes hand in hand with the community that you build, um, you know, with, with your cast specifically, but you know, with, with your stage manager, your director, the choreographer, the, people, the guy in the light booth, the sound booth, like it's just like, it's a whole team. And it's like, since you're always on pins and needles and anything could happen at any moment, like you're all just there lifting each other up and supporting each other. And you end up getting really close. Um, the bond is unlike anything else you could find anywhere. Um, and you create a bond with your, audience i mean but when you leave a theater like oh you've just like you've experienced something together like that what just happened in that room will never happen again like that performance same thing it's just like a moment in time that you can't capture um and so it just it it feels very personal which i love (laughs) do you have a favorite uh what like as an audience what uh theater moment that you've witnessed so many, so, so, so many. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I remember seeing, uh, like the first time I went to go see a Broadway show and I was with my mom. Um, we saw Wicked first, then we saw Lion King the next day. It was like one weekend, yeah. like never, I was 13 years old. I like I never saw that before. And that was like, <laughs> just like my mind. But when the, when the uh, animals first came out on stage in the Lion King, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cannot believe what I was seeing. So there's that. I mean, seeing my mom on stage um, at the Shakespeare Theater when I was nine was the coolest thing ever. Uh, she played Titania, and I was just awestruck. Um, and she was a she was a swing also actually. She was she was wow. covering, yeah she was covering Helena and Titania, two vastly different roles. And I got to see her go in for both um, during that time, and it was just the coolest thing. I'll never forget like sitting down to dinner and my mom getting a call and us like dropping our utensils and like yeah. get in the car to go watch uh so that was wonderful yeah talk um, about inspiration for sure yeah god no kidding um so I, I would love to be on stage with her one of these days um but yeah I mean those are I think those are the the big ones um and then like anytime I go see a friend on stage it's just like ugh. seeing Miles in Baz in Vegas was like everything it was everything it was so cool um you know that stuff like that is just so special when you just get to watch someone you love um doing what they love and that show is so beautiful too and I can't imagine how it was in Vegas yeah god just visually stunning yeah so besides being on stage with your mom what's another bucket list item in theater that you have Ooh. oh gosh in theater um I have so many. <laughs> I want to do like a professionally produced Shakespeare production. I I I, I did um, Theatricum Botanicum in Topanga. I don't know if you know about that place, but it's like an mm-hmm. outdoor theater. So I did their summer rep. 
last year and I was in um, Midsummer Night's Dream uh, and I played Hippolyta, which is insane because I'm five foot two and she's the Amazon queen. But um, <laughs> that was awesome. But I would, I would love to do like, you know, a traditional like repertory company, Shakespeare, be amazing. Um, I'd love to get on a bigger stage. Like, you know, I, I love intimate productions, but like, it'd be really cool to do like South Coast or Laguna or Broadway. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, those are, those are big bucket list things for sure. Um, and I also like to, this is like a weird one, but it's fun to like combine your passions. And I would really love to do like a theater production where I get to fight. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. So <laughs> that'd be cool. How about where you fight and play piano at the same time? <laughs> but like, not at the same time, but at the same show. <laughs> that is a dream. <laughs> there it is. There you go. Someone, someone who's watching this is going to start writing it. <laughs> I'm going to manifest that. <laughs> Put it out there. Yes. So uh, what it would be your dream Broadway role? Um, wow. Oh, gosh. So many. Uh, I mean, next to normal, Natalie would be amazing just because of the piano aspect. That would be super cool. Um, but I mean, ooh, I mean, I could dream big and say Alphaba, but like, that's Do it, dream big. so far off. <laughs> but um, it's happening. So many people also, in the way. That's true. That's true. Um, it also just depends on what's still playing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I feel like it's always changing and there's so much new stuff that'd be cool to do as well. But, um, I'm not right for a lot of the new stuff. So it's kind of like, all right, like, let it be. Um, so it's, uh, you know, just depends on what comes out. Okay, I'm casting, uh, like, in my head, I have, like, a bunch of casts for a production of Six in L.A., so, <laughs> like, literally, I could make, like, six L.A. casts for the production of Six. I like that. Play a little roulette, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just switch it up every night. I love it. Yes. Um. If you could turn any movie into a musical, what movie would it be? Oh my god. That's so hard. Oh my gosh, that's so difficult. Uh, I like, I have like an answer in my head simply because my sister and I have been quoting it nonstop, but I don't know if you know the classic uh, Amanda Bynes movie, She's the Man. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> like 100% not my actual answer, but it's just the first thing to come to mind because we've been quoting it like daily recently. <laughs> but I don't know, my God, that's so hard. So many things like you want to turn into a musical, but it just wouldn't work. And you're like, you know, like I, I've, I feel like there's so much stuff where you're like, did we need to do that? <laughs> you yeah. know? I, oh. I don't know, I don't have a good answer for that. Damn. <laughs> if you come if you come up with one like when i'm asking another question just like shout it out or something. <laughs> oh i know <laughs> yes exactly and then other lighthearted questions what's your favorite 90s song <gasps> oh my gosh um probably oh no 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 <sighs> what's what is the song um hit em up style i love um Hey ladies, when I wanna get fucked well. I don't know if that's actually okay. it might be early two thousands, but I love that. Um ending Spice Girls, obviously. Um Christina, Jean yes. Love that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, JoJo's like early two thousands, she's not nineties, you know, like I feel like I got a good but, yes. but we love a good leaf, get out. Um <laughs> We do, we do. What else? I mean three L W, you know, um, No More is great. Um All those songs. Yeah, 
just so there's so much good stuff there you just to mine wow yeah. that's hard the 90s <laughs> to 2000s the music in the in that time was like groundbreaking stuff oh yeah 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 <laughs> for sure um what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on stage in a show oh my god okay i have i have um <laughs> i have a good one of this uh so on the ship um <laughs> on the cruise ship when i was doing brat pack um it was like we had so many costume changes or like the princess specifically has a thousand costume changes and when we were doing it at, at break room it was one thing um but on a ship the stage is enormous it's like this proscenium arch you know like lots so many seats and um my most difficult costume change was after i finished tenderness i'm standing at the top of the bandstand and like the lights go out and then i run down the bandstand i go into the dressing room backstage i like change really quickly into this the outfit for weird science which is like a crop sweatshirt and underwear yeah. and high heels and i have to run from the dressing room through the like the crew section of the ship down a flight of stairs through the crew gym and then into the pit <laughs> where they lift me up on an automatic like platform where i'm like posed for the next number so it's a it's it's so much time. really really fast too <laughs> so there's like uh there there's a someone from the wardrobe department who helps me with this chain and then runs behind me i've got this robe on because i'm like i don't want to run through the gym in my underwear yeah. um so i've got this robe on i'm running, running running and like this wardrobe girl is carrying my shoes um because i don't want to be running in heels obviously because i was gonna break an ankle and <laughs> like a broadway a style ankle, quick change it was crazy it was nuts uh, but I, so I get to the pit and, um, I like do, I do this change. And part of this is like, after the dance, I'm supposed to run on, run off stage again after weird science and put on like a new pair of shoes or no, no, I do another, I do another change after that and then come back and, and continue. Um, so I get to the pit for this costume change one day and the, the wardrobe girl's like, she's holding my shoes. And I was like, okay, I'm like getting ready, getting ready to go. She came to the shoes and they say Leah in them. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Leah was our female swing and she, uh -oh. she's a badass. She's awesome. But her feet are several sizes larger than mine. So I was like, oh God, these are not my shoes. <laughs> and they were like, uh oh, oh what are we, we going to do? What? I was like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't have, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. It's like, there's a whole rule on a, on a ship specifically that you can't perform barefoot because it's very dangerous because oh. it's a ship. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, well, I certainly can't dance in these shoes. I got to like jump it around and they're large pumps. Like I can't, there's, there's no way I can do that. So they're like going on their ear piercing. Like, all right, you're doing it without the shoes. And I was like, okay, doing it barefoot. Got the okay. I was like, are you sure we're good? Like, huh? like, yeah, do it without the shoes. So I do the dance barefoot and the dance ends and then I run off stage for my next change, which just involves like putting on a skirt and then running back out and I'm supposed to like be sitting down to go, um, he's sick, like from the whole yes. thing. Um, and I run off stage and I'm like, the person who had been in the, in the pit with me had, uh, she was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get your shoes and I'll put them there so that like after the song, I'm good. So I go backstage and I look around, not only is there nobody oh. backstage, but there are no shoes. <laughs> And I just like, I'm just like looking around. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm supposed to be on stage. He's going Bueller. He's saying Bueller like five times. He's supposed to say <laughs> three times, but he's still just saying Bueller. And I just go, where are my shoes? And my mind is 
fully on, and the entire audience just hears me. Where are my shoes? I was like, oh god. And I didn't know this at all. I'm just like frantically searching for my shoes. So I like run down to the dressing room. I throw on my shoes and I sprint on stage and I like, you know, I didn't make it in time. Like someone else had to like, you know, like I, I think oh, uh, <laughs> I think it was um, Derek who was the Mister that day. But he was like, well, somebody tell me where this. Bueller kid, like just stretching it as far as he could possibly go. And eventually he goes, All right, guess he's absent. And we just like carry on. Carrying <laughs> on in my shoes, but oh god. The entire audience definitely heard me yell through my microphone backstage, where are my shoes? So Did any of the cast members answer? <laughs> they, they were all just sitting on stage, like just <laughs> trying not to laugh. They were like, oh. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like in, like, some instances, there'd be, like, some, there'd be, like, a cast member only, like, <laughs> on stage, like, responding to that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone thought that quick. <laughs> they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so, what would your dream vacation be right now if we were not in quarantine? <laughs> oh, my God. Dream vacation. Um, I would probably want to go... Um, I mean, hike, hiking is, like, my favorite thing to do, so I would want to go, um, either to, like, Chile, go hiking, or I'd want to go to Europe, like, I'd love to, um, do some hiking over there. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Nepal, that'd be really cool, too, Morocco, but probably hiking, um, yeah. And what's the first thing you're gonna do once quarantine ends, kind of going well? Oh my god, hopefully work again, honestly. <laughs> like, I miss being on stage, I'm just, like, I know that's not going to happen for a very long time because theaters gonna be like the last thing to come back, which is tragic. So support your local theater if you can, everybody. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll just work again. I miss it. I miss like doing what I love. And speaking of theater coming back, what do you think live theater will be like when it's able to safely come back? Wow. Um, I, I think it'll still be operating at a very low capacity like the audiences are going to be pretty sparse um and it's going to be weird you know like to not have like that you know i was talking about that pulse in the room like to not have yeah, yeah. that vibrancy is going to be very strange um but i do think the people that are dedicated enough to come see theater are, are going to provide enough enthusiasm for like an entire packed house um but i think it's going to be a, you know, at risk of sounding corny, I think it's going to be very emotional. Um, you know, I just, people miss it. It's, and, and theater is all about connection. I think it's just going to be, it's going to be a very important thing to bring back. And I think that when it does, um, it'll be really, really wonderful. <laughs> and if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, You, oh boy, that's hard. I think it's it's twofold a little bit. Um, like you, I would say that you don't have to say yes to everything. You're often told that it's important to say yes to everything, but if you don't believe in something, it's okay to say no and it's okay to pass on it. Um, like I wouldn't be afraid that you're never gonna work again. Um, just know what's important to, to you and, and know what message you want to tell and the kinds of people that you want to work with and um 
the kind of stories that you want to be part of. Um, so that's very important. But then at the same time, I wouldn't wait around for anybody to give you permission to do what you love. Um, you don't have to wait for an opportunity. Um, you can create your own. There are plenty of people who want to be creating and they're brilliant and compassionate and talented and ready to go. So find your people and make it happen. Don't wait for someone to tell you you can. I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with the, with the waiting and around, especially, but I think now it's kind of like a different, like people are feeling bad about like not doing anything. And then it's like, there's not a ton to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's tricky because so, yeah, it is tricky. should is like such a dangerous word, I think, um, in any field really. Um, and especially now people feeling like they should be getting the best shape of their yeah. life. Or they should be writing their screenplay or they should, it's just like, you don't, you don't have to do that right now. Like there's no in this pandemic rule that tells you that you have to be like wildly productive during this time. You yeah. can, you can take the opportunity to self-reflect, to, to take a break, you know, like breathe, walk outside, um, with your mask on if you're around people. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, like connect with whoever you're quarantined with. Um, maybe like if you're, if you're going to write, like you don't have to do it for the purpose of selling it or making it into something like maybe just find your voice. Um, you know, it's, it's okay to like sit back and, and take a second for yourself and, and figure out who you are. Um, you know, I think there's a dip, there's, there are ways to do nothing. I think yeah. if you're going to do nothing and chastise yourself for it, then that's unproductive. If yeah. you're going to do nothing and accept that it's an opportunity to recharge and that it's not forever, then that's great. Yeah. Cause God knows that like when the world opens back up, it's going to be really going really fast automatically again. Totally. And everyone's going to be like, Oh, wow, I don't remember how to do this. Yeah, yeah. How to be productive with my time. Yeah. It's a hard thing to figure out. It's difficult. I mean, even not in a pandemic, it's difficult, so. <laughs> yes. Uh, lastly, have you been working on anything that you uh, would like to promote or doing anything that you like to promote, whether, whether it's crafting, singing, well, piano? I mean, um, I started teaching at a piano school, which is cool. Um, oh. So that's fun. Um, I'm doing a little bit of writing myself, so um, hopefully my one of my friends actually on uh, from the from the cruise ship, Leah, whose shoes I uh, <laughs> I had that one day. Um, Leah and I have been kind of trying to produce a, a live show for a little while, so hopefully when things open back up again, we'll have the opportunity to to put that up. And uh, it's funny you asked the question about '90s. Um, it's a '90s show. It's like a live oh. '90s oh. jam. So um, hopefully we'll we'll see that actually coming to life uh when this is over it was kind of a bummer like right when lockdown happened we were getting all the backing tracks like specifically finished and you know like getting everything together so hopefully by the time yeah. we're ready to hit the ground running yes and you mentioned you've been writing stuff so do you have like do you have original stuff oh. um i don't have anything out uh i kind of like when i write songs i sort of like put them in my phone and, and don't show anybody. Um, or that's I'll put like a minute of them on Instagram and I'm like, sorry, that's it. I really do need to record. Jesus. 
Um, I know I, do, I need to record it and I, I know that, so I will eventually, but um, I wrote a lot of poetry during quarantine. So that's kind of like what I was doing. Um, and you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's about it, I guess. Would you ever think about making the, the concert you've been working on virtual? That would be very interesting, actually. Something to consider. Because a lot of virtual stuff is happening. So it's like, uh, you, you never know. never know. That's actually something to, to toy with. Thank you. I'm sure people would tune into that. So. Yeah. I would tune in. That's a good idea. Yeah, always do that. <laughs> so to keep an eye out for maybe that there and we other go, yeah. stuff, uh, where can people follow you on social media? Um, they can follow me on Instagram at Clay Blackwelder, which is C-L-A-I, black like the color, welder like the occupation. Um, so that's my Instagram name. Uh, <laughs> that's like, I love how you explained it. I have to. Everyone's always like, black welder, what kind of name is that? And I'm like, it's actually quite easy. Let me explain to you. Uh, but, anyway, uh, that's, that's what I'm most active on. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. And uh, Facebook is... Um, Facebook.com slash Claire Blackwelder official, um, which I'm on sometimes, but Instagram's your best bet. Yeah. Instagram. I mean, Instagram has everything now, like reels and stuff. Just, just keep stealing everyone's innovations. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I, I don't have complaints. It's just easier to have stuff under one platform. Yeah. At this point. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. And great quarantine period it's been oh, tough. yeah yeah stay safe stay safe stay safe. <laughs> stay sane is the most yes. important <laughs> that's paramount i think <laughs> well i mean stay healthy yes but also stay sane is like i feel equally as important yeah. at this point fully healthy i would say you know yeah yeah well thank you yeah thank you have a good rest of your day <laughs> thanks for watching this episode of backstage with becca b you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BeccaBTalksTV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at BackstageWithBeccaB. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!